God. Well, good to see everybody. Amen. And uh, bless you for coming this morning. Um, we're going to get straight into the Word, um, but we're going to hit some... Um, We're going to hit some real issues this morning. Um, obviously, I mean, even if you look around, it's pretty obvious. But we are going through a time in history at this moment in time, which is unprecedented. Amen. Um, stuff always happens. Uh, but what's happened is we are going through a um, challenge within this nation and uh, all around the world to do with the COVID-19, the coronavirus. And I just want to just shoot a few sacred cows this morning. I want to just look at a biblical way of how a believer should deal with this kind of situation. Is that okay? Amen? Because what I found is that within the church, um, there's confusion. And um, you've got to remember that the devil is the author of confusion. So if there's a confusion within your home, if there's a confusion within your marriage, well, I thought you meant this, and I thought you meant that, and I thought you said this, then understand that ultimately behind confusion is the devil, right? And quite often what comes first is confusion, and the next thing that comes next is fear. And what we are experiencing within our nation uh, is confusion and fear now i want to be very balanced this morning and i want to just come at this from a biblical perspective but come at this from wisdom as well now uh, the reason why there's such a fear with this covid 19 this coronavirus is because um this virus has been active in um, animals and then this virus has now come across into humans, a bit like the mad cow disease stuff that we went through. And, you know, so we've been through this stuff before. The reason why people are getting jumpy about this is because we don't have a, a vaccine against it yet, even though we do, but they're testing it at the moment. And so therefore, uh, it's going to be a few weeks before it comes out. So the fear is the fear of the unknown. Because initially it was, what, what's going to happen? You know, is this, is, is this going to spread and kill everybody, blah, blah, blah. And we saw China, et cetera, et cetera. Now, good news is, right, um, that over 80% of people um, in China um, that were infected um, have now completed free of it and now, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? But you can understand why there is fear. So if somebody coughs now, people think, oh my goodness, right? Now, the truth of the matter is, um, you know, uh, the flu kills more people each year than this does, and, and uh, you know, heart disease, and um, I mean, I've got a, a, a great picture uh, on my phone. It shows you all the different diseases in the world, starting at number one, and it, it goes all through, like, malaria and how much that, I mean, it's just, it's worlds apart, but it's the fear of the unknown. Right? And so therefore, uh, the country and the countries, rightly or wrongly, it, whatever your v view of that is, has gone down on lockdown. Okay, But fear sells 
news. <laughs> so we've got to bear that in mind. Fear sells news. I mean, if you've been to the supermarkets and, and, and you've seen how people have reacted to this, and so therefore we never had the sort shortage of pasta, baked beans, or toilet rolls, but now we do. Now that's nothing to do with coronavirus, right? The coronavirus hasn't, you know, caused us to run out of toilet paper and baked beans and pasta. Um, it's the fear that's within man that's caused the shops to run out of toilet roll, baked beans and pasta. So I was actually listening to a psychologist who was trying to explain, well, why, why have we run out of toilet paper? And they said, Psycho uh, psychologically, what happens is, is when uh, people need to feel like they're in control. So they say what they've done is people have gone to the shops and they brought toilet paper and hand sanitizer and soap and baked beans and pasta. And they brought these things because now they feel that they're in control. So I'm, I'm okay, you know, I've got enough toilet roll to last me for a year, so if I need to stay in isolation in my house, I'm okay for going to the toilet, it's not a problem. And so therefore, man has been trying to deal with this situation without God, right? And can I just say, as a believing community here this morning, as born-again, spirit-filled believers. We do need to walk in wisdom. Uh, maybe there's areas that you don't go to that you would normally go to. Maybe there's, um, you know, uh, you wash your hands more than you would normally do, uh, that kind of thing. If, if you're feeling unwell, then stay away from other people as not to risk to get them unwell. But can I just ask, is this not what we were meant to be doing anyway? Were we not meant to be washing our hands after, you know, it just, it, it strikes me rather strange that, guys, if you go to the toilet, wash your hands after, right? Um, you know, this should be stuff that you were taught when you were five-year-old, right? Um, you shouldn't have to sing happy birthday twice as you're washing your hands. Surely that should be, can, can I say my, my lifestyle has not changed because I am one of those who wash their hands right um, on a regular basis amen that if I had a cough um, I would put my hand to my mouth I don't need somebody to tell me to catch it kill it and bin it I, I was I, I know that it's rude to sneeze in somebody's face amen now now I was doing that right uh, before I was told to do that and I'm sure you were doing that before you were told to do that right but the fear has got into man that the stuff that we should have been doing I think one of the bonuses from this whole epidemic is that it's gonna make people aware right to live clean amen the Bible says clean hands and a clean heart well how much more true is that now amen uh, you know, God can clean your heart, but you can clean your hands. Amen. <laughs> so, I really want to look at this because there are diseases around the world. There are flu, influenza, 
you know, stuff that happens, right? And, and the way to deal with germs is to be clean. Amen? And, you know, so that's, that's one thing. So, so let's, let's use this as a positive that hopefully it's going to, I don't know about you guys, um, but I see on a regular basis, uh, not, not here, um, but I quite often go to uh, a public bathroom. And I go to the toilet and, and I'm washing my hands and I see people come straight out of the cubicle. And I just, I mean, I'm not one of these kind of guys that I always, I have to say something. So I go, you're not going to wash your hands. And they go, ooh, who are you two? Do you know what I mean? But I, I just can't imagine going to the bathroom and not washing your hands. But people do. People do. So let's just hope that this is making people aware that there are germs around and that it is good to be clean and it is good to use soap and it is good to, if you're going to cough, put your hand to your mouth. If you're going to sneeze, put your hand to your mouth. This kind of normal kind of stuff, right? But what I want to tackle this morning, right, is the fear uh, that comes in. In Isaiah chapter 11, it says, do not fear what they fear. Let me tell you this that the moment that you come into Christ, okay, there's a new mindset, amen? Now, if I didn't have Christ, I would listen to the media and I would take everything in and I wouldn't be here this morning, amen? Um, I, I wouldn't because I'd be too scared because of what they're telling me, right? And the thing is with fear, um, sometimes it can be true, sometimes it can be false, but fear doesn't need um, there to be any truth in it. Amen? So you can be scared of something that you don't need to be scared of, or you can be scared of something that you should be scared of. But the fear is going to feel the same whether you should or shouldn't be scared of it. Does that make sense? So, so fear can come in and cause people not to operate as normal out of fear. Now, in America, they've said to gatherings and churches, if you're gathering more than 250 people, then don't gather. Let's just be safe. That's what the government has told. Um, so it would be incorrect for churches to gather because the government has said don't gather. But the government hasn't told us not to gather. Okay? And so therefore, until the government tells us not to gather, we will be gathering. Okay? That's the truth of the matter. Right? We will be gathering. There are churches within this nation, right, that have closed their doors and are doing live stream services this morning. There's, there's churches that are actually doing that. And I am just flabbergasted by that, to be honest with you. Because I understand we need to be sensible, we need to be smart, and we need to make sure that when we come here this morning, that we wash our hands. We need to make sure that if you're not feeling well, then stay at home because you don't know. I, I'm, I'm totally in agreement of all of that. We need to be smart and we need to be wise. But the truth of the matter is, right, if you are strong and I am strong, he is strong. Amen. And we can gather here uh, without being in fear. Now, if the government tell us otherwise and uh, the British government says you cannot gather, you know, it's against the law to, we won't, we won't gather, right? But that hasn't happened. So we're here this morning, right? So we've got to be smart. We've got to be wise. Um, and we've got to understand that if there is 
uh, uh, coronavirus going around and it, it can cause a bother and it can cause an issue we need to be safe right what I do not sign up to right myself personally um, I do not sign up to the reactions right of the, the, all the scores closing and of all this going on because I'm thinking well hold on a minute when you look at the statistics right it's just not it just doesn't make sense right it doesn't make sense but it's always the question but what what if what if it's this and what and that's where the fear comes in so I want to have a look at that um, if you look um, I haven't got the scripture reference there I should have it the I'm gonna look at the parable of uh, uh, the fig tree um, and I think it's um, Luke Luke 13 uh, and it's in Mark as well um, and I'm just going to read this. Uh, Jesus is walking. He's walking along the road with his disciples. So it's in the morning. They passed by. Uh, they saw the fig tree. Uh, and it dried up from its roots. And Peter remembered saying, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that these things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have faith. Your words have power to go into the invisible realm right at the root of the issues our words have power amen I, I want you to understand this now now I, I want to be I want to be careful here because I don't want you to think that I'm I'm, I'm sort of like um, sort of going back 10 20 years ago and I'm sort of like a, it's a word of faith kind of sermon you know um, I, I, I want you to understand that that in the beginning, the Word of God says that the, the world was created with the Word, right? And that Word dwells within you. Now, it's not your Word, it's His Word. It's not your power, it's His power. It's not your spirit, it's His spirit. But I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit that is inside of you has power. Amen? And when you recognize the power of God that's in you, you start to understand that, that you can speak life and death. So here's Jesus. He goes along. He sees a fig tree. He sees that the fig tree he wants to get some, some fruit from the tree. The tree isn't bearing fruit. So what does he say to the tree? He curses the tree. He actually speaks to the tree and goes... And he curses it. The next day, it says that the tree wasn't just withered. The tree wasn't just dead. It says that the tree was dried up at its roots, which means it's dead, dead. Amen? Right? Jesus spoke. The same Jesus that was there at creation that said, let there be light. The same Jesus that told the withered man to stretch out his hand. The same Jesus that said, Lazarus, come forth. The same Jesus, right, that spoke Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The power of the voice of God is in you. And he said to the fig tree, and he cursed it. I want to tell you, right, that you can curse 
the things in your life that should not be there. Amen. Now, you want to be really careful here because people curse people. Amen. You get witch doctors and witchcraft where they curse people. I'm not talking about cursing people. I'm talking about when the devil brings a lie into your life, you deal with it with the power of the Word of God. Amen. So when sickness comes into your camp, right, I am telling you, you have authority to say no. Now let me balance this out a little bit, okay? You have the authority to say no, you have the authority to stand against it, but we're all on the journey. So therefore, we do get sick. But yet, I want to tell you, right, there's no condemnation, you know, 20 years ago, if you were sick, you didn't have faith, you didn't have enough faith, that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that, but what I am saying, right, is that that even though we're going through a journey, we're going, you know, and, and you may be dealing with sickness, I want to just give you a hope this morning to say that you have the power, right, <laughs> the power to curse any lie, any deception that comes against you. Amen? When the devil, now, now, the reason is this. When the devil tells you that you are nothing and nobody, and when the devil tells you that maybe God doesn't love you or you can't do that, then what we can say, or, or when the devil puts sickness on you, or, or, or when the devil, you know, does something that's, that's, that's against the word of God, what we, what we do tend to say is stand against that. You know, when, when, when the devil tells you that you're nothing, nobody, tell the devil who you are in Christ. Tell him that that isn't true, that I am this in Christ, which is true, right? But it doesn't quite sound strong enough. But if I said to you, when the devil tells you that you are nothing, you know, you are nothing, then you curse, right, the lie of the devil. Now, that sounds way more strong, amen? That sounds way more like, whoa. I am telling you that when the devil lies against you, it's not enough just to say, oh, that's not true, devil. You need to stand against it. You need to be indignant. You need to be angry. You need to be, amen, violent towards that. And you say, I rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. And that rebuking is that form of cursing where he said to the tree, he goes to the tree to get fruit. It isn't, it isn't there. So he goes, I enough of you now now when the devil comes and he tells lies don't just say to him no i don't believe that devil because i am fearfully and wonderfully made you stand against him amen when he lies against you when he tries to get into your 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 mindset when when the lies of this world and fear and doubts and unbelief try to enter your heart i am telling you you curse that and you stand against that amen Amen. See, our words, right, the word of God that we speak, it, it, it contains uh, power. The seed contains power. It, once you put a seed into a ground and, and you put that seed in, God waters that seed, the, the root system, the, 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 the tree, the plant, whatever it may be, all right, the vegetable, it grows. We've got to understand that when we pray, right, it's planting seeds. It says here in this scripture, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast to the sea, 
and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that these things shall be done, will have whatever he says. Now, we're in a generation, right, of seekers, which is great. So we have a generation as a church, we have a church that are seeking after God, a church that, that spend time in his presence, a church that pray uh, to him that, uh, you know, we, we, we're in a generation as, as, you know, when you look at churches, we, we go through um, different stages right so the i'm on about the worldwide church the worldwide church is very much focused on his presence which is great but it's very much focused on his presence his presence his presence his presence the only challenge that you have with that right which is great the only challenge you have when jesus talks about moving the mountain okay he he doesn't talk here about praying and having a national day of prayer, right, about the mountain, or let's just pray. He talks about you speak to the mountain, and you believe in your heart that it is done. Amen? And so when we come to prayer, right, the thing that makes our prayer effective, and the things that strengthen, the things that make our prayers work, is belief. Amen. Just to pray and pray all night and pray all the time and have prayer conferences and, and this kind of stuff, right? If we are praying but not convinced and we are praying and we don't believe and if we are praying and we are just not 100% um, uh, accepting that God's going to do this, then our prayers will not be effective. Amen? So what I'm trying to say to you, sometimes we think that, well, if we pray, right, that's enough. No, no, no. Prayer isn't enough. Because if you are praying without faith, and you are praying without belief, you won't receive what you're praying for. Because the, the seed of your prayer is belief. Amen? So when we pray, right, let's say that you're sick in your body and you say, God, I just, I, I'm just believing for my healing, right? And I pray that God, that you take away this sickness and you take away this disease and, and, and I'm just, I'm praying for that. Well, that's great. But if you're saying that, but you are not convinced that he is the healer. Amen then it sounds good, it sounds right, but it's not effective. So you have to make sure that when you pray, and whatever you pray for, you believe that God is able to do. Amen? So let me put it this way. Psalm 91. Can, can, can we put Psalm 91 up on, on the screen? And let's just have a look at this because we read Psalm 91 in our prayer meeting on Friday. And we read this and I thought, well, put your hand up if you believe it. Right? Kind of thing. And I said that everybody would believe that this is true. Right? But who actually lives it? So we believe it, but do you actually live like you believe it? So look at Psalm 91. This is a psalm that we should be praying over our nation. 
we should be praying over the church and we should be praying over ourselves but let me tell you this okay we are different than the world right we are different in the world what makes us different is it us no it's Christ in us so let me tell you the way that we deal with life is different than the world would deal with life and the reason why is because he's reached out to rescue us he's reached out to save us he's brought us into his family so therefore this scripture here it was not true of me before I knew Christ but the moment I knew Christ this is true of me amen so for those who do not know Christ this is not true for them but for those who know Christ this is true and when we read Psalm 91 you will see that the person who was saved who has Christ in their life who who can make this real in their life it's very different than somebody who isn't and I think that's really important because sometimes in church we the people in church are just the same as the people out of church and that should not be the case we should be walking differently we should be talking differently we should be acting differently we should be amen and that's not because we 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 go to church and they don't and so therefore on a Sunday morning uh, I'm in a church and on a Sunday morning they're washing their car so therefore that's how it makes us different. no it's not about where you go on a Sunday that makes you different it's about who is in you amen so if you read Psalm 91 it says he who dwells in the secret place this is the safe person right of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty so those who are in relationship with God means God knows them and they know God I would say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the, uh, the, what's that? The, the perilous pestilence, the tongue twister, right? He shall cover you with his feathers and on his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Amen. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Let's just stop there a minute. Let's go back. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Now, let me just, I'm, I'm trying to be very balanced here, right? So I'm trying to, I, I don't want people to get the misunderstanding, right? So I am talking about being smart, being careful, you know, doing the things that we know so we don't get infected, okay? And, and making sure that we don't infect anyone else. So um, we're be, being careful here. But the Word of God is telling me not to be afraid. And I'm saying, well, what, being afraid of what? Don't be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by the day. I am telling you, do not be afraid because God is telling us that he will protect us but we might say but we know people who are sick and I'm saying well I know Christians who are sick as well but what I'm asking this morning and I'm asking you the question for you to answer in the secret of your own heart should we as believers be different than the world so therefore we know people who are sick but what I'm, my challenge and I've been sick and you've been sick and, and, and we can all put our hands up and say yeah we've all been ill but I'm asking the question should we knowing this truth 
be ill. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, I'm not wanting to condemn people that are ill or people that might get ill. But what I'm trying to say is, do you think when the word of God is telling me you should not be afraid of terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. Let's go on to the next one, please. Nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor uh, of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but, hallelujah, it shall not come near. Now let's just park there a minute. So the Bible says people might die here, people might die there. There might be 10,000 here. There might, you know, people might be getting sick all around you. But, but, right, it shall not come near you. Well, I, I just, I just want to, and, and, and we read this and, and we believe it's true. But I'm saying, do we live it? So, so I want to speak over my life and over my family. And I want to speak over your life and your family. I want to tell you right now, I want to, I want to tell you that it will not come near you. Amen? Now, now we're being told constantly it's guaranteed to come near you. 80% of the population will come near you. You know, it's, got, it's saying people will be infected. But the word of God is saying it will not. Uh, and people will go and people will be watching live stream now going, oh, he's some faith kind of preacher. He's some kind of like American. That's what they're going to think. But I want to just tell you that if the word, it's the word of God that's saying it. I'm not saying this. It's the word of God saying this. But the word's asking me to believe it. So I'm here not saying out of my own philosophy that it will not come near you. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. And if the Word of God says, telling you and telling me, the reason why this may not be working in your life and this may not be working in my life is because maybe you and I aren't believing this. Amen? And when you pray, you need to have belief. Amen? So we can pray that it doesn't come near us. But, but, but just praying, God, I just pray it doesn't come. I just hope it doesn't come. I just pray it doesn't come. It's different than, than, than cursing the tree and saying, it will not come near my camp. I curse that sickness right now. I speak the word of God in my life. It shall not come near me. I will not stop. Amen. I'm going to be smart. I'm going to be sensible. I'm going to be wise. But I'm telling you, the word of God is telling me. It shall not come near you. Next verse. Only um, with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Amen. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows because he has known my name. Hallelujah. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. Uh, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, listen. Amen. Amen. So, 
all I'm trying to say, okay, all I'm trying to say is that is pretty heavy. That is pretty detailed. That is like, that's saying that all the way through the qualification, right, to God's protection and the qualification to being able to trample on snakes and scorpions, the qualification was he who calls upon me, he who loves me, he who calls me Lord, he who recognizes my name. And so this morning, right, it's really important that we understand there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Where fear, right, would give an infection power. Amen? Fear would give a epidemic the power. Fear would say, oh wow, we lift up the name of COVID-19. It's going to get you wherever you go. Stop meeting, stop gathering because it's going to get you. And they lift up and all you hear, right, it, it, on the news. Uh, uh, and can you imagine that if we had the same concern about the second coming? It's on the news. He's coming, he's coming. Are you ready? Get ready. If you're not ready, then you, your destination is going to be hell. Uh, make sure that you're ready. Make sure that you you know, uh, uh, you know, and instead of singing happy birthday twice and washing your hands, you're actually singing uh, songs of worship and washing your heart and saying, making sure every day you're right and your walk's right and you, your heart's right with God because he's coming, he's coming, he's going to get every one of you. There's going to be at least 80% here and he's going to come and we need to close down, we need to close down the borders of your heart, you know, of, of your eyes and of your ears. We need to make sure you're not watching that, you're not listening to that. You've got to make sure that those borders are closed. We don't want cross-contamination. Get right with God, get right with God. He's coming he's coming every time you turn on the news uh, the second coming jesus is coming jesus is coming amen and so what we're doing is right the the, the whole nation right it is it, 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 it's, it's filled with this knowledge of what we don't really know uh, but it could happen and it might be really bad and so therefore the whole world is covered with this and borders are closing and stuff that's closing but i tell you what's good about it I believe it's going to turn people's eyes to, to God. We got the nation of America calling a national day of prayer as a nation, right? I think it's brilliant, right? It's absolutely brilliant. I think we got people scared. Absolutely brilliant because it means that people are going to be going, well, what's going to happen? Well, I think this is an opportunity for the church to rise <clears throat> because I believe that whatever the devil means for evil, God can turn around. Amen. And so I think it's really important that we as the church need to give hope. I've got a couple of pictures to put up on there. I don't know which one would come first. I don't think it really matters. Nope. Let's just put one up there. A.W. Tozer. It says, a frightened world needs a fearless church. Let's just think about that a moment. A frightened world needs a fearless church. Let me just put up on, uh, on my phone here. I shall read. This is what a local, a local pastor, uh, we have like a, a prayer um, uh, WhatsApp group. And he put this, historians tell us that the main reason the early church grew so rapidly 
in North Africa, Europe, and the Middle East was that when disease came, the Christians did not self-isolate or run away. They stopped and they looked after their sick neighbors. These acts of self-sacrifice, uh, sacrificial love, changed the world. Okay, and he says, I look at, I look at myself today and find that I fall short, Revelation 12. It's amazing how when people are panic buying and when people are scared that maybe you can offer your neighbor a toilet roll. Amen? I know that sounds soft, right? But those of us that haven't panic buying are now down to the last five or six toilet rolls, right? So, so the truth of the matter is there might be people that you can just be Christ to. Amen? Uh, did we have a, a, another one there as well? Now, now I'm going to read this because you might not be able to read that. And, and this is another level, okay? There's levels to faith. Amen? There's levels to anointing. We, we, we understand that. But listen to this. Uh, an example is John G. Lake. You've maybe heard of John G. Lake. Um, a great missionary to South Africa in early 1900s. In his account, many people in South Africa were dying of disease. While uh, assisting doctors during the uh, bubonic plague um, outbreak, Lake was asked why he had not uh, contracted the disease since he used no protection. He said, it is the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. To demonstrate, he had then take some of the uh, bubonic plague germs still foaming from the lungs of a newly dead person and put them in his hands and then examined the germs under a microscope. The germs were dead. The energy and the presence of God was invisible to the naked eye but magnified under the microscopic lens. There proved to be a real real informidable existing power that killed the virus. This is how John G. Lake explained why he did not get sick. He carried the cure in his body and the spirit that healed disease through the power of the spirit through Jesus. In another amazing testimony, John G. Lake asked doctors to bring him a man with inflammation in the bone. He asked them to take their instruments and attach it to his leg while he prayed for healing. Then he asked them what they saw taking place on their instruments and they replied that every cell was responding positively john g john g lake replied this is god's divine science amen so john g lake was a just another level right where where he was seeing just miracles and miracles and miracles right but i believe that the same spirit holy spirit uh, that was in the early church and the early disciples in John G. Lake is in us. But, right, up here doesn't allow for that. Because what we just read there couldn't be further away from what you and I have been watching on the news all week. Couldn't be further away, could it? So on, on the news, it's all fear, fear, fear. And then this is even more extreme than what I've just been talking about. So what I'm trying to say is, is that we need to start trusting the supernatural God that we serve. Amen. We need to start understanding, right, that 2 Timothy, Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 says, For the Spirit of God does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, 
and self-discipline. Amen? The Spirit of God, right, does not give us fear, but it gives us love, power, and sound mind. Amen? Understand this, okay? Let's be wise and let's be sensible, but understand that you are His beloved. He has filled you with the most precious thing, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in you. The power of God is in you. Amen? So therefore, you look different than you did before He came into you. You talk different. You act different. Amen? There's a difference in you. That we talked a few weeks ago about the ready brick man, about, you know, the, about how you glow different. You're light in the darkness. Psalm 27 and verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I want to tell you, right, that there is not fear within you. There's not fear within me. Amen? They actually, on the news, they actually say this. They say, right, 80% of people that get the virus, right, um, no problem. The 20% of people, uh, elderly people, people that with underlining medical conditions, right, they're the ones that have uh, have suffered. So, so even if you got the virus, they're saying, okay, even without uh, any medication, okay, if you get the virus, 80% of people that get the virus get over it, no problem. It's 20% of people. The, 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 the chances, right, I believe personally, the chances of you and I getting the virus are so slim. But even if you got the virus, the chances of it causing issues, big issues other than flu-like symptoms are so small. But yet they say that on the news, but then in the next breath, they fill it with fear. Amen? So that's where the confusion comes in, right? So I'm saying to you that, that, that as, as believers in Christ, even if you contracted the virus, you stand on the word of God. Amen? Even if you can't, you stand on the word of God. Amen? Now, John G. Lake was saying that the anointing and the presence of God in him was so strong. Hallelujah. That's the same presence that's in you and I. Right? But what he said and what he knew may be very different than what we say and what we know. So therefore, if we go back to the point that our words are creative, maybe the way that we speak and what we speak, as Jesus spoke to the fig tree, right, and he was in contempt, he was disgusted that it didn't have fruit, so he spoke and he cursed it, right, and it withered and died. I wondered, uh, and I wonder how many times unknowingly we even curse ourselves. I wonder how many times we go, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm that's it. Just like me, isn't it? You know, I'm, I'm always, you know, you know, over our own lives. Remember that we have the creative, we have the power. But sometimes we go, oh, you know, that's just me, isn't it? It always comes in threes. What's going to come next? That kind of thing. I wonder when we speak of ourselves, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just, 
I'm just not feeling it. I'm just, I'm, I'm, ju I'm just feeling a bit achy. Oh, I wonder if I'm coming down with a flu or something. I wonder how much, how many times we, if we were the fig tree, we're cursing ourselves. Amen. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. I know, uh, Proverbs 29 verse 25. Proverbs 29 verse 25. The fear of man would prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Have I not commanded you? And then Joshua 1 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Church, what, what can we say? right be strong wherever you go he is with you he's protecting you he loves you you're the apple of his eye right take faith in that take encouragement in that wherever you go he is with you his angels they're in charge and they're a watch over you amen you're not just a insignificant unknown part of the body of Christ he is concerned about you. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head. Amen. He's concerned about you. Uh, he wants to and is protecting you, covering you. He's put his angels around you. Wherever you go, he's with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He thinks you are awesome. He thinks you are amazing. He is deeply, deeply in love with you. Amen. Just watches you all the time amen he watches you when you sleep i don't know if that's a good thing or a scary thing amen i watch you when you sleep but he's watching you carol tell him i'll give him a ring back all right and philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 it says do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's just let's just bring that up on the screen, um, if we can. And just I just want to just bring out something on here. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, uh, when we pray, uh, we're praying to God and we're asking God. Okay, but what I just want to point out here, it says here. Uh, Oh, where, where's he gone? He, he always does that. I, he actually, he's a monkey, isn't he? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. Now, l let me just explain this. When you pray, you can pray without thanksgiving, and you can pray with thanksgiving. And the difference of the thanksgiving is that if you believe that God is going to do it, it's thanksgiving. So if you're just praying, God, I'm just praying for, for you know, my you know, neighbor or I'm praying for my family member that they become a Christian. I pray, God, that you'll reach out to them. I pray that, you know, they give their lives to you. And, and I also pray for my neighbor and that kind of thing. If you haven't added Thanksgiving to it, right, then you haven't added. See, if I pray for my neighbor, God, I thank you that they're going to give their lives to you. And I'm just rejoicing, God, that they are going to know you as Lord and Savior. And I speak that into their lives. I speak that their heart will be changed. Thank you for their salvation. Thank you for their healing. Thank you that they're going to meet. Amen. And so the thanksgiving is the confidence that you know he's going to do it. So if there's a mountain in your life 
and you're praying for the mountain and you're speaking to the mountain understand that when you speak to that mountain the bible says if you believe in your heart whatever you ask it will be done pray and then thank god that it's done amen because that's the belief now jesus walks into this room right now okay he, he, he comes down from heaven right now you can see him in his in his, in his physical body and he's got and he walks in here now and everybody's just like freaking out like jesus just walked into the rock church it'd be like quick live stream this this is a great way to rock church in 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 walks jesus okay he comes in now and he walks straight past me and he goes over to banister in the corner that's been naughty all the way through my sermon and talking to his wife how dare he right and he goes over to banister right and he looks at him square in the eye and he goes banister whatever you want ask and it's yours and he walks back out and he says, see you later, the rest of us. Now, I think we would have been staring at Jesus. And the moment Jesus goes, we now be staring at Bannister. They go, what was that about? Right? What was that about? Do you think that Bannister would have any doubt in his heart? Any doubt whatsoever that whatever he's going to ask for is going to happen? Jesus just told him, Bannister, whatever you ask for, I'm going to give you. Whatever. Right? I'm going to give you. Would he have any doubt whatsoever? We've all witnessed it. We've all, we've all seen it. Would he have any doubt if you were in Bannister's shoes? Would you have any doubt if Jesus did that to you this morning? That whatever you asked for, right? Would you have any doubt? You just knew it was going to happen, wouldn't you? Well, the Word of God is saying that, right? But it's saying it to us. But sometimes, you know, we serve an invisible God. So therefore... Jesus doesn't walk in the room like that. We serve an invisible God. But it doesn't mean that it's any less true than if that happened this morning to Bannister. Amen? Bannister isn't believing it because Jesus hasn't walked in the room. But what Jesus is trying to say is, I don't need to walk in the room, Bannister, for you to believe it. Just even imagine in your mind, if it helps, even if it helps, just take the word of God and imagine God talking to you through his word. Use the imagination that God's given you, if that helps you. But let me tell you, the word of God's very, very clear. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Imagine Jesus coming up to you, looking at you in the eyes and say, be anxious for nothing. You would believe it, would you not? So why don't we believe it now? Amen. Why do we need to bring Jesus down from heaven to look at us square in the eyes when he's brought his word? And he says, my word is living and active. It's sharpened into its sword. And the difference of people like John G. Lake, they would take the word and they would read it as if Jesus was talking to them in the eyes. Next time you read the word, next time that you open up the word of God, read that and imagine Jesus standing square in, in your face, looking into your eyes and whatever it says, believe it. Amen. Because what prevents you seeing a manifestation and me seeing a manifestation of God in our life is not the limitation of God. It's not the power of the devil. It's not the neighbor or the wife or the, or, or the kids or your dog, right? It's your belief. If you believe what the word of God says about you as being true, when he says it's true, you believe it's true i guarantee 100 percent guarantee that you will see more of god in your life amen carol
Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Daniel chapter 10, we read about Daniel who spends 21 days in a fast. He doesn't drink nice food. He doesn't uh, drink wine. Um, he doesn't eat nice food. He, he doesn't drink wine. And um, he doesn't wash for 21 days. And he's praying, and he's praying, and he takes himself out of the city, and he's praying. And, 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 and you can read the story. You can read what happens. And he's praying for God to do something. But he doesn't see anything, right? He doesn't see anything. Can we just get Daniel chapter 10? Right? Um, he doesn't see anything. He says, in those days, I, Daniel, was uh, mourning three, four weeks. We're going to have to be quick on this. I ate no pleasant food, no meat, no wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all to three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the river Tar Targus, uh, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose uh, waist was uh, girded with gold uh, of upas. Uh, his body was like uh, burly, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like uh, torches of fire, his arms and his feet like, uh, what's that, burn... Uh, uh, burnished bronze in color and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude and I Daniel alone saw the vision for the men who were with me did not see the vision but a great terror fell upon them so they fled to hide themselves therefore I was left alone when I saw the great vision and no strength remained in me for the vigor the vigor was turned to frailty in me and I retained no strength Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And now he said to me, O Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words which I speak to you, and I stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not, be, uh, do not fear, Daniel, uh, from the first day that you, sent, you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Stop there. Daniel's praying 21 days. He's not seeing naught. He's not seeing nothing. He's not eating. He's not drinking. He, 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 he's not washing, and he's mourning, and he's seeing nothing. Right? Then an angel comes to visit him. And, he's, and, and, and when, he, when he has this encounter with the angel, his body's already weak. And, and his strength goes. And he's weak. And he sees the angel. But the angel says this really important thing to him. And I want you to catch this. And we, we're going to end on this. He said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, that from the first day that you started to pray, from the first day that you started to fast and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. The, this is an angel speaking. The angel started doing a miracle 
on day number one, even though Daniel couldn't see anything. On day number one, where there was no manifestation, nothing happened, and for 21 days, nothing happened. And the angel said, on the very first day, from the very first word, I was doing it. Amen. Let's just quickly finish this scripture. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia uh, withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief uh, uh, princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. So he's saying, listen, this is what I was doing. Go back. Sorry, don't, don't. Go back. Uh, he said to me, do not. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, the one we just read. Is this it? Then the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. There was a spiritual warfare that was happening. There was a battle that was happening. And, and, and there was a spiritual battle that the angel was taking on behalf of Daniel, right, and for the nation of uh, uh, Israel, right? But he was fighting. And he says, I was fighting, I was fighting, I was fighting. But then Michael, right, another angel came to help me. And we've, we've, we've swapped places. So now Michael's down there fighting. Now I've come to tell you. Let's go to the next one. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days for the vision refers to many days yet to come. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face towards the ground and became speechless. That's a great encounter with God, isn't it? When you, you're having a time with God where you're just stuck for words. Next one. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the Son of Man, here comes Jesus, right, touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him, Who stood before me, my Lord? Because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. He's saying Jesus, and he can recognize it's God, but he can't even have strength in his body anymore to give him the praise and give him the honor. And go to the next one. Um, how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains me, nor uh, any breath left in me. Now watch what happens. Then again, the one having the likeness of man touched me and strengthened me. Come on. Right? And he said, oh man, greatly beloved, fear not. Hallelujah. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. Um, so when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And I said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Come on. Then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. When I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. He goes on, but I would tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. And I think that's the end of it. Listen, when you seek the face of God, when you stand in faith and speak words of life, when you curse the fig tree, any lies, any deception, when you choose not to have a heart full of fear, but a heart full of faith, then Jesus will strengthen you. Amen. He will strengthen you. The reason why John G. Lake could be so bold, right? The reason why he was so bold and he said, okay, put the disease on my hand and watch it underneath a microscope. And he put the disease on his hand and they watched it and they could see that the, the bacteria, that the germs, they just died. And they said, how is that possible? And he said, because the anointing of God that's inside of me. For you to be in that place, right, to be at that boldness, you need to be seeking the face of God. You need to be in the prayer room. You need to be in the Word. You need to be filled with, yourself, filled with God. So therefore, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The reason why Jesus was so 
angry at a tree and you think that's a bit overreaction and he cursed the tree because he was so full of God because he was God that anything that even small that we think that don't matter so much right anything that came against the word of God right just displeased him so much that he cursed it I'm telling you when the devil comes to attack you in your life right be so disgusted at the bonus of the devil how dare he even try to even get into my family and it's not like well we just need to send this around the church prayer list and, and, and we need to get the saints to pray no no you get so disgusted how dare the devil even try to come near my camp does he not know the word of God man I curse that devil in the name of Jesus I rebuke him in the name of Jesus not because you're praying oh I hope he goes away and I hope is not because you know that you know that you know who you are in Christ so let me tell you Psalm 91 no disease is going to come near your camp amen let me just declare that right now no disease, I don't care whether it's COVID-19 or whether it's the flu or whether it's, nothing's going to come near your camp, right? Nothing's going to touch you, nothing's going to harm you and your response, and let me tell you this, this is how it's going to happen church, for you, for us as a church to stand against sickness, we must, we must, we must be in right standing and we must be in right relationship with the Most High. So let me tell you, if you want God, right, to be your vindicator, to be your coverer, if you want Him active in your life, then give Him your time this week. Amen. Give Him your time this week. Give Him your time. Give Him your tithe. Give Him your energy. Uh, give it to Him. Amen. Don't say, I love God, but then when you look at your schedule, you're not doing anything for God. Don't say that I trust God. When you look at your finances, you're not giving anything to God. Don't say that, oh, I believe that he's my healer, but what you're doing is staying inside all covered up because you think that something might come and kill you. You need to act like what you say that you believe. Amen. So here's the challenge. None of us are there, okay, and we've got John G. Lake to sort of aim towards, right? We can see what was going on with him, but let's go on a journey together that starts to believe the Word of God. And just use that visual picture of Jesus walking in, going up to a man of God over here, right, Bannister, and looking at him in the eyes and saying, Bannister, whatever you ask for in my name, you've got. Use that in your own mind. Imagine God standing in front of you saying, Ian, whatever you ask for in my name you've got i will start asking for things because now i really believe it so i'm telling you ask for your nation the bible says ask for the nations ask for your neighbors for some of their salvation ask for your family but get into a relationship with god where you are confident enough to be able to ask god and believe in your heart by giving him thanksgiving and then if the devil tries to attack or if that tree does not produce fruit don't just say oh it doesn't matter deal with it that should be producing. I'll rebuke it right now. Whatever's stopping that tree from producing. Amen. It's interesting, isn't it? Because Jesus could have spoke to the tree and made it produce. But instead, he spoke against the tree and cursed it. You know, there's sometimes when there's things that you don't even want to entertain, you just got to deal with. Sometimes, you, you know, it says life and death are in the power of the tongue. There's some things that we always think it need to bring life. There's some things that you need to bring death. Amen. If there's an addiction in your life, you just bring death. Amen. You know, if there's a temptation, I'll ask the worship team to come forward, please. If there's a temptation in your life, or there's an addiction in your life, don't say, well, slowly, slowly, I'm going to deal with it, as the world would say. Curse it. So right now, 
I'm not touching another drop of alcohol right now. I will not pick up another cigarette right now in the name of Jesus. I will not. Are you with me? So, so it's really, really important that we take our spiritual authority right, over the situations of life. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God.